Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Lucas Howard with Keller Williams in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Last year, he closed 265 transactions with a total sales volume of $52 million and earned $1.7 million in GCI. His average sales price was $198,000, of which 56% were buyers and 44% were sellers. Lucas has a 19-member team, six buyer agents, two junior showing agents, two listing agents, two inside sales agents, one listing coordinator, one transaction coordinator, one director of fund, one marketing director, one director of operations, one executive assistant, and one team leader. Lucas is the team leader of the Lucas Howard Group. He's been an agent for 14 years and works the West Michigan market. In this call, Lucas talks about selling homes part-time on the side his first eight years, jumping in full-time and selling 40 homes in his first full year, selling 58 homes the next year with zero assistance, selling 110 homes as the team's exclusive listing agent, how he gets 60% of his business, 150 closings a year, by repeated referrals from his past clients and sphere of influence, including his 52-touch annual marketing plan, hosting four past client events per year, including the script he uses to invite his people and ask for referrals, creating spotlight videos that promote local businesses and result in referrals from business owners, including how to make the videos and getting the local business association to sponsor and pay for it. Hosting, promoting, and organizing huge community events with six to 10,000 people attending that results in goodwill and referrals, team dynamics, compensation, profit margins, and more. First, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Lucas. Thanks, Mike. Excited to be here. Hey, Lucas. It's great to have you here. Lucas, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. I've actually owned uh, and operated a lot of different businesses. Right out of high school, God, I was 19 and I opened up a tanning salon. Uh, that was my college education. Start there and I'll tie that in because that's where I learned the importance of a database. Because I actually sold that database twice when I sold that business. I became a licensed builder. My wife and I built quite a few homes together over the years. Um, third generation flooring so that I'd never get into it and ended up having uh, three flooring crews and doing a bunch of flooring work as well. Got my real estate license, kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but uh, a lot of that was leading into you know, real estate later on. You said you uh, started the tanning salon and that you learned about databases there. What did you mean? Yeah, 
I, uh, we grew that name to just over 5,000, you know, customers, clients. And, you know, I was 19 and had that for three years. I was looking to get out, sold the business and someone else that was starting up and uh, sold the database with it and went back and looked at the clause. I had someone else looking in the same area to open one. And they said, well, can I purchase your database? Looked at um, <laughs> how it was set up, the first sale, no clause in there that I, I couldn't sell it again. So sold that for a dollar name. So the Howard database, I made another $5,000 just off all those names. So I realized right then, at a young age, that the power of that, uh, that database. You said you got into the real estate production side. You were a builder. You were working with the flooring. I think you said the family business. Uh, how long did you do that? Oh, geez. Um, I went after that, went right into flooring. Um, I would say that was about a total of maybe four years. I had started phasing into building uh, and building stack homes during the tail end of that, I'd say the last year. And then that took over uh, our world. My wife and I did quite well together on, on that, you know, through the building. I had gotten my real estate license. She was on the side, a loan officer, and, and just thought, well, I'll just kind of get my license as well. I can sell my homes uh, that we build. And I uh, never did it full time, yet still would sell, I don't know, six to 20 homes a year without trying. But it was never my, never my one thing. Now, when did you get the license initially? What year was that? Uh, it was 2004, 2004 where I got licensed. And what year did you dive into real estate and get serious about production? It wasn't until 2012, uh, and it was somewhat by chance. I had met someone that out of state that had, you know, oh, I'm, I'm in real estate, and I asked him a few questions about his business, and he said, oh, I sold about 105, 110 homes. I just did a double take, and I was like, wait, that's a thing? <laughs> I came home and uh, looked at my wife and I said, I, I got to stop doing multiple things. I've got to, I want to make this my one thing. And I, I dove in hard and fast. I mean, two weeks later, I hired a coach and she thought I was, she thought I was crazy. You know, I think it was a thousand or $1,100 a month. And uh, she smacked me in the back of the head, literally, and <laughs> said, what are you doing? I, you just save that money. I'll tell you what to do. And that was my first hire. It was the best thing I've ever done. And I, I went running from there. This is very interesting. So the impetus to jump into real estate full-time was that you talked to someone who was successful. Did you end up mentoring under them or was that just a spark? I did not. And I wish I even remembered their name to go back and thank them, to be honest, for sparking that, that direction. Uh, I did not. I went in right to, um, to hiring that coach and, and just hit the ground running. Let's talk about that first year that you went full-time. You'd had your license for a while and dabbled, but that first year you went full-time, you hired the coach. Did you have a fast start, slow start? Do you remember how many homes you sold? Gal, 2012, it, it was a pretty fast start. I, uh, on that, that database note, I just started, started calling everyone I knew. Uh, I had no clients, had no leads. I actually, my coach had talked to me about you know, my database with my tenants on. He's like, well, that's fantastic. So you, you, you get it. Now, start calling. Um, I started pretty quick and pretty hard. 2012, if I recall, without pulling it up, you know, I want to say it was about 40, 42 homes that year. Uh, my first, I guess, full year. And the next year was 58 homes. 2015, 165. I'm sorry, it was 15, 165. 2016, 225. 2017, 265. So it's picked up 
quite from there. And I didn't start, I didn't start hiring and building a team. My first hire was December, 2013. 2013. Yeah. I was wondering, you said you went 40 to 58, but then you went 58 to 165. You basically tripled between those two years. What happened that allowed you to triple in those years? When I made those hires, my wife came in and I conned her. Uh, I got a babysitter. I was running and I thankfully my kids were, I had an understanding and loving life. We knew what I wanted to do and my children were young. Otherwise they wouldn't have had a father because I was fumbling through this and just always working. I uh, got us a babysitter on Saturday night, grabbed two bottles of wine, had no idea where we're going. And I pulled into the office and she's like, what are we doing here? Uh, and I, well, I'll just come in in a second. And on the conference room table, I had files laid out and she's like she just looked at me shook her head you're kidding me i was like honey i need help <laughs> i need help so i kind of for one day a week uh one day a week to kind of help me uh structure the database a little bit more get organized starting systems and then really yeah uh, until december 2013 was next fire and that jumped i mean 2013 was 58 homes by myself and then 2014 so really i had um i hired a full-time executive assistant and then a buyer's agent on December 2013. So 2014 was the first year with two other people. Yeah, we jumped from 58 to 110. So my buyer's agent, he was brand new. He sold exactly 30 homes. And 80 was me. I was leveraged. I could actually breathe a little bit. You know, but my business was blessed. It was outpouring. Like, I reflect on that year before when it was just me. And my coach was even saying, like, you're holding your business back. And you're always on showing homes, all that stuff. So... We got hyper-focused, calling and digging in the database. I now could leverage out the buyer side so I wasn't running all over and just picked up the phone and prospected. I, at that point, I hadn't even called for sale by owners, expired. So it was pretty much a database. And then that year, we turned on, back then, Tiger Leads, which, reflecting back, we had no business doing. Uh, I think we we're getting 110 leads a month and just cherry-picking because we didn't have time. We didn't have time to call them. Let me ask you this. So you were in production yourself and you were hitting some pretty high levels in your own personal individual production. What was the most number of transactions that you personally closed in a year? Good question. So 2014, that was 80. Uh, let's see, before I hired listing agents, uh, I did 110 uh, myself just on the listing side. And then again, was overworked and under leveraged until this last year when I brought on I say the end of this last year uh, for me around fall and transitions to having two listing agents fill in and, and pretty much take over for me. Uh, so the answer is one time. That's fantastic, by the way. Congratulations. Love the numbers. Thank you for sharing. Let's go back into how you were digging into the database. Before you turned on the Tiger Leads, you said you were digging into the database. That's where most of the business was coming from. So let's chat about that real quick. How were you building the database? What was the database? And then two, how were you prospecting it? Yeah, I took, I mean, geez, I took everyone, Dennis, you name it, just loaded people in every single morning. I, I pretty much looked at that. Okay, who do I have to call? It was a messy system back then. I just would dial. I even reflect back then on uh, the app called Slide Dial. There's some people I'm like, ah, maybe they don't want to talk to me. And I would slide out and just leave a nice message. Hey, just thinking of you. Then I got over that real quick. It was just call, you know, people like people, you know, and that everyone was some form of met. Conversations were easy. It would just pick up and say hello uh, and go from there. Ask about them. Uh, and then I got into 
people always ask, how I'm doing. Well, I'm blessed. You know, I, I have a career that allows me to um, work hard and take time off to go to my daughter's dance recital and whatever else. Uh, what are you doing, Luke? Well, real estate. And we've just been, you know, out of this, out of this world. And then go for it. Who do you know looking to, you know, to sell buyer and best? So I started that way, just making those phone calls and still doing it today. The year you closed 110 units by yourself, I know you were heavily overworked, but just that mentality, how many calls were you making a day or a week? How many hours a day or a week were you prospecting? You know, that year, so it was just on the listing side, I was able, and those were all just listings, so I was able to leverage the buyer side. It's probably two to three hours a day, and at that point, I had team members that would also prospect for listings as well, so I was leveraging that way. That's where 2015, you know, I hired two ISAs at that point, or one at the beginning of 2015. But at that point, it was a team effort. I don't know that I would have gotten taken 110 listings by myself. Uh, so at that point, it was a team effort. Thank you so much for jumping into that. I, I want to step back for a minute now, bring us back into today, and ask this last year, how many homes did you sell in 2017? I was 265 in 2017. And do you recall the sales volume? Uh, it was just almost 53 million. Wow. So oh, that's pretty 52 cool. 52 and change. Yeah, I wish we had a higher price point here, but. <laughs> right. Do you remember your uh, GCI last year? I like to say 1.7. It was actually 1.698. <laughs> um, right. Million. Pretty darn close. That's great. Have you ever added up uh, how many homes you sold in your career? Uh, you know, kind of working towards this call, I was looking, and since 2012, oh, I did write that down. What was that number? 2012 was over 1,000 homes, 1,019 homes since 2012 that I could find a, a number for. I unfortunately, uh, before that, didn't really track, and again, that was just kind of part-time since 2004. So could add another probably average 10 to 20 homes a year up until that point. Are you still in production? You know, uh, in a small way, in a small way. You know, like I said, I hired those two listing agents, both kind of transitioned one towards the end of last year. And then the other one in January of this year, he moved from the buyer side. So as a matter of fact, I'm actually going on an appointment this evening. You know, I still... In my world, just because I was a path builder, do some development stuff, you know, I will train them on those aspects to eventually fully take over. Uh, I don't go on much. You know, I, this year, probably four, maybe five, for the most part, um, that were just me. The rest is the, the team or them going on. Last year, you closed the 265. Was the team about the same size? It wasn't. We actually had with four buyer's agents. Uh, and one of those had actually come back partway through the year, but four buyer's agents, really, and then one listing agent transitioning into another one at the end of the tail end of the year. So five agents, and we came into this year hiring. We needed more. We were not staying on top of leads. Um, we needed more people, uh, and I'm pretty selective there. So we waited to find the right people. I wish I'd started um, hiring sooner. Uh, than I did. It sounds like you're leading by need. 
that you have a lot of leads, uh, you get too many leads, they're overflowing, and that's when you start to bring people in, as opposed to bringing people in and they sit around for a while as you try to figure out how to get them leads? You know, you fail forward. I mean, you, you constantly fail forward, and, and I did. I took my eye off the, the ball, and I should have been hiring sooner. You know, I was busy in production and training, you know, the, the listing agents, and I should have been looking for, you know, sooner for more buyers agents you know, to hire on. We have a great, you know, my lead buyer specialist was actually my first hire. It kind of makes me smile because he, when I listen to him, sounds a lot like me uh, when he's on the phone prospecting. Uh, and he's amazing at training. Uh, but he takes over for new agents. So I'm a little bit leveraged there. But yeah, we, with five of us last year, that averages, if you do average it out, it's about 53 deals per person. So ones I do have, they produce at a, at a good level. Yeah, I like how you've done that, that you're leading by leads, so to speak, that you're you're making your people very productive. I assume you could grow faster if you went the other route, but this sounds like a very productive way to go and very profitable. I could. There's always that question and that debate. And as I network with a lot of other agents, you know, a lot of people will pump them through. You know, they have higher turnover. We have a low turnover. Uh, we're very selective on who we have. Which one of us is right? Which one of us is wrong? I'm not sure. <laughs> that's the question I would ask myself. Uh, you know, should I be pumping people through? Um, but we are. We're we're very slow to hire, and we're pretty selective. I mean, and that that new team member goes through an intense hiring process. And if even one person just even has a slight question on them, we don't hire. Wow. So where are you finding the people that you bring in, and what is this selective process that you're talking about? What are you looking for in that process? I mean, really, first thing is it obviously in that last point I made that ties into culture. We have made mistakes in the past where, you know, everyone loved them, saw that the potential talent in one person had a question or doubt. And it turns out that they, that one person was right. So fast forward, I mean, now when we're hiring and they do go through the process and the final process is to meet with the producing agents. And if they do have a question, I'm just, I'm not going to pull the trigger on that. They have to be a a good culture fit um, and potential talent fit. Where we find them, I'm mean, reflecting back uh, a handful of ways. Some come from new producing agents and uh, young agents that realize, hey, I, I think I should start on a team. Primarily, most have all come from fear of influence. Uh, you know, who we have great success of. Actually, I, you know, I think everyone except for our ISAs, our ISAs are the only ones we put in Indeed ads or something like that. And my lead uh, ISA, that's not even about how we found them. That was fear of influence as well. So we've had our best people that way. Just so everybody knows, where is Grand Rapids, Michigan? Ah, Grand Rapids. I mean, we just call it West Michigan. You know, we're famous for putting our hand up and kind of pointing at our, our mitten uh, of a state looking state and, and pointing. Uh, we're West Michigan. Uh, Grand Rapids is just about 35 minutes or so from the Lakeshore, Lake Michigan. You know, I say about 45 minutes west of Lansing, our capital. And we're south is about 200,000 people. You know, you tie in the surrounding areas um, and you'll get closer to a million. I've been told to ask you about your community events, your large events. Do you put on large events? Yeah, uh, that's something we're, we're extremely passionate about. We, shortly after I got back in, my wife and I moved to what is now our, our farm area. And we just, we understood the power of give where you live, you know, and that ties into one, our client events and two, our community events. 
um, when you move to the other side of town and that's not as much for your sphere is it's a higher price point and we just fell in love with the area fast forward we we needed to make some moves and how do we get known in the community and the best thing we came up with was well let's do what we call spotlight on ada uh, which is our community and we just took our <laughs> chintzy cheap camera at the time and started going around to local businesses and doing like a spotlight video on them uh, what i find is a lot of small businesses they don't know how to put themselves out there or engaged, they're not good at marketing. So we started using the following we already have to promote them, and that worked so well. Uh, we got called by the Ada Business Association and said, hey, we love what you're doing. Not only that, we'd love to pay for a professional to do your videos, and we'd like to open it up to everybody in the entire area, every business in the area, and um, we'll pay for it. You can still brand it as you. Well, we put that out, and our phone blew up for three days. We booked out for seven months for videos on that. It was almost a little freaky. Now, fast forward, we're, we're approaching two years of doing that, and it's grown, grown mightily. Uh, and it's really given us a other advocate, uh, business owners in the area. It's also helped us uh, with sponsorships because we do a lot of community events uh, from giant flip and slides um, that we had where the fire department came out and we rolled out this massive hill and had a huge flip and slide to God, I could go on and on. We've got, uh, we partner with, it was called Beers on the Bridge, beers, music, and, and whatever else. Uh, we did partner with a local church there right at the center of our farm and did a trunk retreat. Last year, it grew, it was our third year, it grew 6,000 people. That's huge. That's huge. So our community events, I could keep going. In fact, tomorrow is our, um, I didn't even know my wife, uh, she's the director of operations. Uh, she kind of ran with all of this. That's her passion. And she lined up. She, you know, now we have an in-house videographer, photographer, and we've got a historic bridge in our area that people, families go to for portraits, things like that. And we're like, you know what? Why don't we do a session for four hours, put it up, everyone in the community and you know, offer free, you know, back to school is coming up. So back to school photos. So she tracked down an old antique looking desk, you know, this fake little apple on this mini chalkboard where they can put, you know, third grade, whatever. Uh, and offer that free to people. And again, you know, that last year, I think we had about 150 families. Uh, and I don't know how many kids that equaled. And it rained. Um, we had people calling us, like, are you going to reschedule? We didn't need to because they were in. We were good. Find out how many we have tomorrow. But that was a huge database ad in itself. So a lot of community events, uh, as far as our, our past clients, we have four to five events a year. With just clients, we had to close it off to the public because it grew so large. Um, we've got what we call, I think our first event of the year is, is, is called date night. And we get a pizza and either six pack of beer or a bottle of wine. They come to our office and uh, eat us, pick them up. We take orders before. Last year, we were approaching about 200 people that did that. Just started that, which we were pretty surprised. This year, we did it and switched it up a little bit. And there's a famous barbecue place in downtown Grand Rapids and had them come. Well, that grew to, I think it was closer to 260 people showing up, picking it up, re-engaging. Next event is we do an adult-only date night type event where we bring into downtown market. Gorgeous at night, lights all over, plants, and uh, had a band, great food, uh, drinks, tons of giveaways, co-sponsored by our, uh, our vendors. And we had about, I think, just under 300 people there. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Oh, geez. Our biggest is what's, it's Clackles Orchards. 
It's a local orchard, and it's basically a circus. This place is massive. Huge uh, corn maze, uh, pumpkin patch, apples. They've actually told us that if you keep growing, you're going to have to just preserve the whole park. Heck, there was even a camel a couple of years ago. I mean, there's Ferris wheels. This place is crazy. Uh, we had over 600 people last year, and that was just past clients. So, I mean, since 2012, that's, I don't even think that's 50% of our clients. We were really happy with that number. Uh, they come, they get Southern donuts, they get a pumpkin for every person and a, a peck of apples, a bag of apples. And that is huge for us. And the amount of referrals we get at those events is insane. Now, you said you have four to five events per year, and I just heard three for your past clients, the date night, the adult night, the orchard. What else do you do? I am missing one. Uh, date night, pizza and beer, clackles. Oh, man, my wife would shoot me right now. Um, <laughs> Maybe a pie event or uh No, it is. A, you know, we do do a year? pie event. Yeah, we, we do do a pie event at the end of the year where they come in. And again, we, we have about... I'd say two to 250 for that event where they, again, they come into our office for that. So that is the final event of the year. You're rolling along, giving us so much great information. Now, you said you get a lot of referrals at the event. Over the course of a year, you put on four events. How many referrals do you think you got directly from the event? I would love to say that we're good at tying each. We usually talk about it, and we should actually physically write it down, uh, and she may. I know from this last little event they did, we walked away with uh, within one week of four clients. We went on actual four appointments, uh, and that was in our August and, and Ada uh, event. And that's geared towards kids and families, but that's more of a community event. So that's not even a past client event. And we got four clients from it within a week, week and a half, which I think is pretty good numbers. You know, our clients are used to us asking for referrals. We, we've trained them. We weren't always good at this, or I should say we were good at it because this is how I started. And then we got away with it as we, we grew and we're back to calling them every single month just to say, hi, touch base. And now we've created for our team a reason to call every month. Uh, so example, hey, you know, Tom, I'm just giving you a quick call. Uh, we've got our event next month. I want to make sure you and Judy saw the invite to that. We'd love to see you guys. The following month, we call to remind them about the event. And then after the event, so month three, we call to either thank them, love seeing you guys, thank you so much for coming out, or hey, we're bummed we missed you guys. You know, we're just thinking about you. Uh, we'd love you to catch the next one. We've got our next event, which is date night. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a call a little bit closer, Tom, uh, to remind you about that event. And, you know, by the way, you know, I've got to ask, who do you know looking to uh, potentially sell, buy, or invest in the next 36 months? So if we create reasons to call our, you know, our database. And it's not just giving back and thanking them at these events. It's business-wise, it's strategic. You know, stay in touch. Uh, we never want to be that agent that follows those staff. Everybody hears about, you know, they don't remember their agent. They didn't stay in touch. <laughs> I understand about our database. That will never be us. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. So you've created these four events, and you mentioned you're going to make uh, at least three months worth of contacts over the uh, course of that event. 
So that covers you for the year. And how much of your business came from past clients last year? You, this was, we're talking about past clients now. I think it was, was it 60%? Yeah, let me grab it. it 60% is what it equaled out to. We actually, when I started, because of how I started, um, you know, my coach said, hey, call your database. And it was started off as 100% of my business. Fast forward, he charged me two years later, I think. All right, Luke, you know, that enough is enough. Like, don't stop doing that. And you got to push those numbers down. You're taking 100% of the listings you're going on. And I was like, well, what do you mean push that down? <laughs> you know, and I, I was confused. And he said, it's time to add other branches in the tree. <laughs> you know, you're, you're growing. You, you need to not get 100% of your listings. You know, that's always the goal. So we worked on pushing that down just by growing other branches on our tree. And I believe we got to a couple years ago, we got down to, uh, I think it was about 44, 46%, which was, you know, spear, repeat, and referral, which, you know, my coach, again, he applauded me. He's like, good job. All right, now that you've grown and you've had this many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of transactions more since last time, let's work on pushing that number back up. Okay. Uh, we made that a, a focus because now we have more past clients to call and that number just keeps compounding. So I was proud to see that we, we've worked back 60%. And I'd like to keep keep growing that back up while still pursuing these other branches on the tree. You know, that's not bad. So that's about 150 closings last year that are coming out of your past clients and uh, sphere of influence. Not bad. Why we're on that, let's talk about that for a second. How big is your database of past clients and sphere of influence? Oh, geez. Right now we are past clients and sphere of influence. So past clients is about, it's almost 1,900. Uh, so I guess I could do the math. That tell you over time, 1851 is what my assistant wrote down here. How many sphere of influence uh, we have in there is, is another 5,399 currently. Wow. So about 70, 72, 7,300 uh, altogether past clients in sphere of influence. We've got a lot of people to call through. Past clients is pretty self-explanatory about how they get in your database. How about the sphere of influence? Are you just putting in every single person you meet? Are you putting in people you've never met before? Who's going into this sphere of influence? That's a good question. So if there's sphere of influence when they start, so my two newest buyers agents come on and you just don't think of everybody. And I, I give the example of, hey, my personal dentist, and hopefully uh, this other agent doesn't hear this uh, recording. Uh, my personal doesn't like my best friend is a realtor and he's a very, I respect him. He's a great agent. Uh, well, I can't use you, Lucas. And I got two referrals from this past year from his office. People that work in his office got you referred. Add everybody in there. Who do you know? Uh, and dig deep. Um, my wife goes through after they provide the list, inspects it, and then challenges them more. And a lot of times they come back with double the names. People that I know just didn't think of. Uh, what occupation? So we start that way, and then yeah, because we're we're out in the community, we're in events, constantly challenging each agent to get involved in some sort of charity, something, uh, other ways to give back. We're always adding into that that actual sphere of influence. So those people we've actually met, um, had some sort of interaction with, uh, and add in. And every week we report on, on our team meeting, everyone reports on how many they added. Uh, from sphere of influence into that database. You're actively adding. You're asking people how many they're adding. That's creating the environment or the culture of adding more people into the database. Absolutely. What software are you using to put this all together? 
Yeah, we uh, for years used Top Producer, and then we we switched. I administrative team came to me and said, "I right, we're uh, we'd like to look for something else." And I said, "Go find it. Find something you like. Touch them, feel them all." They ended up choosing Realvolve uh, is who we're with uh, to manage the database. So that's who we currently use. Thank you. My question for you is, how do you stay in front of all these past clients and sphere of influence? And it, it's become obvious that it's the events. You're putting on four events a year, big events. Are you doing anything else to stay in front of your past clients and sphere of influence? Yeah. So right there, that's 12 calls. Um, they get 12 mailers. Um, and to be honest, those 12 mailers are just you know, some type of mailer directly for them. They'll also probably, if they're in our farm, they're going to get additional mailers, to be honest, and then other community events, things as well that we invite them to. But at 12, at least basic mailers, uh, they actually get 24 emails, so two emails a, a month from us, you know, the four, sometimes five client events. Uh, and then, again, we get everyone's birthday, uh, anniversary, uh, even send home anniversaries. So we're 54 plus touches a year, you know, to our, our database. That's doing a great job. As you mentioned, the 60% of your business is the result. I want to jump back and I got to ask more about this community outreach that you did. You said you did the spotlight on the businesses in Ada and that really started making things big. How many companies or businesses have you spotlighted or, or put on video and then broadcast out to your group? Oh, geez. I can't even tell you how many because we release once a week, a new spotlight on Ada, and we have videos going out probably for the next year. Um, I, I do, we're close to two years on this, and we, you know, a lot of people step forward. People ask, can we do a new one? Uh, I've done addition to my restaurant, can we spotlight that? So once a month, we have sometimes two days where we'll do, you know, just filming with the businesses. So I can't give an exact number, hundreds. I know we're booked out and have um, Monday release videos for the next year, and we're still doing that monthly, lining up. In fact, last week I had the honor and privilege of doing one for another agent who's got a great business in our in our area. He's part of the business association, and was kind of goofing. Hey, would you do one with us? I'm like, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You're a contributor to the the community. Uh, so that was kind of fun. How long are the videos? What's the typical length? Yeah, uh, I would say that sometimes we do our best to edit them down and keep them at a shorter response. And our in house, we have an in house marketing guy, will maybe do a, a two minute version of it. And then also some of them are five or six minutes uh, and do a full length. And we might put them both out there. Uh, obviously, you know, social media, you know, keep the time down, but we do put them out there. And people do, you know, the great thing is those, those businesses, they push them out to their pages as well. The Ada Business Association also pushes that out on top of everything we do to to market, promote um, there. So they get a lot of traction between that. Um, the businesses will usually push full videos, which are longer, uh, and they get the views. And so you're going out and you're showing people what the business is, talking to the business owner and doing a plug for the business. Do you do a plug for your business, say, at the end of the video, or is it just that you're attached to it? Honestly, we're really attached to it. Um, we start off, you know, I'm Lucas Howard, or I'm Kendall Ruka from Lucas Howard Group, Keller Williams. And on behalf of the Ada Business Association, and I'm here today with so-and-so. 
Uh, and at the end, you just you thank them, might repeat it one more time, and then it has our logo and our spotlight on it. So that's enough for us. And it's a challenge just in the two, three years we've been in this farm uh, or farming this area that, you know, our, our brand is known. And a lot of it's because of that. And that's free. Any agent can go do that. I challenge people all the time. You know, if there's an area you want to own, here's a free way to do it. Come from contribution. Trust me, over time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off. And I bet those business owners are appreciative. They do business with you. They refer business to you and vice versa. You're creating this great network. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's huge. And there's, there's so much more we can do. You know, so we're not a part of B&I. We've talked about you know, further ways to do it. I now have an in-house marketing crew um, that does great for us. We've talked about, you know, why don't we reach out even a little bit more, help them uh, manage a little bit more of their, their marketing. Uh, it's a whole other conversation, but yeah, we're really truly partnering with these these businesses, helping promote them, which only solidifies our relationship in the community. I want to talk about the huge events that you're putting on for your community. Let's talk narrow down and and talk about what was the biggest one. Did you say it was a? Did I hear it correctly? A trunk retreat or something like that? What what was that? Trunk retreat. So they're right in the center of the Ada community is this church, and they're very involved. So we started with our events. Anybody looking to start events, you know, partner with somebody. Who's doing something? How can you help them grow that, expand on that, make it bigger? Uh, and then work into doing your own events. So there's a church. They were doing it on a, a smaller level. We partnered with them, helped with marketing, and helped to work it. And, you know, all, again, we, we had the power of the businesses around us. We went to all the businesses. So each business would line up a car in reverse, open their trunk. They'd decorate it for Halloween in this giant parking lot, and hand out, hand out candy. There was an area for games, you know, hot dogs and popcorn. It was fun. And it quickly grew. And in three years, I mean, it was down the street last year. We're 6,000 people is what I was told. That's insane. For us, that wasn't a database ad. Uh, we constantly, people like, oh, what do you do? And we're having those conversations and we're wearing we're, we're branded material. But again, something in the community we're tied to and putting out there, that was a huge success. The largest one is the area we weren't part of it the first year, and we not only helped, but every year since, we've ran it and been in charge, and every single one of my people works, and that's called Tinsel Treats and Trolleys. And what we do is rent out every single trolley, and there's only so many trolleys on wheels in our, in our city, almost like many buses, but they look like trolleys, uh, that now we've added those limousine uh, large things. I don't even know what to call them. Almost like a bus. Party wagon, if you will, because it's grown so large. We had over 10,000 people to this event last year. And it's in December. One area will have, you know, over here is an nativity scene and the church does this little choir thing. And over here is Santa Claus. Over here is Mrs. Claus. Over here, you can make an ornament for free at this business. And over here, this business has, you know, free warm cookies and hot cocoa. And you go around to all these trolley stops, which each one strategically is manned by someone from the Lucas Howard group. We also sponsor. So our signs are right at each stop where they line up. Uh, I personally, I love that event. I also strap on uh, a Santa suit, no beard. I don't want to be confused with the real guy. And I work a trolley and uh, each one of us does. And we've got these little kid microphone things. I brought it for my little girls and it has karaoke on it. So we sing Christmas songs. I always joke, you either want to get on my trolley or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and people have a blast. I mean, 
inside the trolleys, we've handed out little things from koozies to you name it. Uh, added up last year, I think we just we just did nothing. We were just present, and that was over ten thousand people that saw our team working hard so their families could have a great time. And all these local businesses are involved. Um, that's over ten thousand people for exposure. That's huge. Do you put up banners or uh, placards? How are people associating the event with you? So each one of the trolley is wrapped. We've got large banners on both sides and a, a small one on the back of each trolley. And each stop has, you know, a little signpost and sponsored by the Lucas Howard Group. Uh, and then I've got Lucas Howard Group person working there with a bright red T-shirt says Lucas Howard Group. And then we're constantly talking to people. We, I think the other thing we do do is inside the church is where there's a lot of kid games and things like that. And I think we sponsor the, the popcorn. So we're working that as well. Uh, I can't remember this last year. I think my wife added a little photo booth in there as well, which only cost us three or $400. And all the kids could do the photo booth and the giant slide that prints out is, is sponsored by us, which of course, mom and dad are going home and putting it on their fridge. So they see us. They know us. Uh, we are very, very present. Uh, so while, again, that's not a database ad, I challenge us 10,000 people that know us. Let's try to wrap that up in a big picture. You're doing all these community events. What is the total cost over the year for doing all these events? And what type of results have you gotten? Number of closings or revenue that's come back in? Yeah, that's good. So tying into that, um, we, I believe my wife kept expanding the budget sometimes, sometimes <laughs> secretly. Uh, because it was, it, it started, some of the private events were just us and it started without sponsors. Uh, so I, I think one year she got as high as I believe it was 26,000, um, that we spent on different things. Now fast forward, we're offset, you know, so any events we do, we've now aligned ourselves with the community and other businesses. Who else can we, you know, it's an event put on by Lucas Howard group and who can we have sponsor it? So depending on the event, client events, well, that's home inspectors, that's lenders, that's whatever else to offset. Uh, community events, okay, the local State Farm guy, you know, we just did a spotlight. He had a huge traction on that. Would you like to be a part of this event? Be present, engage, and again, furthering our relationship there uh, with referrals. So we offset, and I had to, you know, last time I looked at the number, and that's for world, it was closer to 12,000. Uh, the rest was offset, and we've grown it from what would be that 26000 So, uh, And we're, we had a meeting last week about how can we further and invite other people strategically uh, completely offset and yet still run and, and have great events. And can you track what kind of business is coming in from these events? Uh, yeah, I mean, really, that's, it's kind of tied into our farm, which was, was 10% of our business. And we've rolled that into uh, that, I guess, segment in there. 10% of our business. So, you know, that was about 26 transactions. And again, we're about two, two and a half years into this. We're having a powerful impact. It's growing. The incoming calls are growing. Uh, we know this is a long-term play, and that's just going to keep getting us more and more recognition and more business over time. I'm going to try to hit that on the nail uh, on the head. You said you're putting basically about 12 out now, 10% of your business, about 150 k coming in. So you're over 10 to 1 ROI, maybe 12 to 1. Absolutely. That's just from a little elbow grease and work. And it's a lot of fun, a lot of community exposure, a lot of goodwill out there. (laughs) It's a win. Well, I want to do this, Lucas, 
I want to do a, a switch, a quick switch here and talk about your team, your current team. Could you give us a quick overview of the team? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so now, as I mentioned earlier, we, we hired two newer buyers agents. We're six buyers agents. Something we've swapped in our area for the last year or two, we've had what other people call showing agents. You know, for our agents that get to a certain point, their business is blessed, and now they need the leverage. So that they've got a happy wife and a happy home, we start having showing agents. Fast forward, now we kind of change what we're looking for there. And, you know, other people have different, you know, junior agents, if you will, and they have different responsibilities. Our junior agents coming in now, what they look like is a mini agent, you know, so they're coming in and right off the bat, they're trained to prospect. So four hours a day, they come in and prospect. And then the rest of the day, they're setting up uh, showing appointments uh, or showing for their, you know, the agents, the buyer's agents, and then they're showing properties. They're working into that and they have the opportunity to make, you know, really good money. Most of those are paid. Uh, I'm not sure if I need to talk about that or not, but that'd be great. 20% of the, yeah, 20% of the buyer's side. So not the company side. So that's leverage for them. 20% of having said that with them prospecting, they're bringing in more business for those agents, which offsets the amount they're losing. That's leverage. And we're truly building team within a team. Uh, and as far as prospecting, so, you know, when they sell our prospects, something I do uh, allow them to do is we pay them as a company 20% for uh, seller referrals. So if they prospect for sellers, which is where majority of our profit comes from, uh, or most, you know, teams or megas uh, come from there, then they get a referral for 20%. You prospect and bring two sellers in a month, that's good money. Plus that seller becomes a buyer and they're going to make another 20% off the buyer side on that on top of that agent's already uh, good business. Uh, so that is, that's newer for us, and it's, it's working well. And if those people do want to grow into buyer's agents, they could then do that. But now we have a team of, of three within my team that's leveraged highly. Uh, those specific agents, they had nine closings last month, I believe seven this month, working together in that way. So we also have two listing agents, uh, and I have a listing coordinator. She's a listing ninja. She has two master's degrees. She's amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, and she helps keep them, you know, on time and control with all aspects of the listing side so they can go out and do what they do well, and that's collect listings uh, and then negotiate. Uh, we do have two ISAs. One's been with me since 2015. Uh, he's the lead ISA. Uh, his first year, to give you an idea, he had 36 closings. Uh, only two were from for sale by owners, which he didn't really call that year, and the other 34 were expired. He was a, a good return, and that was in a year that was low on expireds. Uh, and other guys a little bit newer. Uh, I have my executive assistant, um, who's uh, my first non-agent hire uh, with us. She she's with me on books. How can we play red light, green light? You know, oversees a lot of that business aspect. Uh, helps my wife is actually the director of operations who oversees marketing and uh, all the admin team. So those two work tightly together. I have a buyer side transaction coordinator, just handles the buyer side. So we do have those roles separated. It wasn't always that case. And as we grew, you know, there's a fine line where they need to be separated. I do have a director of fun. Now, as we were growing these community events, not only community events, but are also our, our team events. We do a lot of, we didn't talk about that, for our culture, we do a lot of team events to keep everything fun and keep it like a family. 
and then our past client event. So she facilitates, coordinates uh, everything on those. Uh, she really is the director of fun. One of the newer hires is our marketing director, uh, who's phenomenal, handles video, um, a little bit of photography, and then our marketing stuff. Uh, he, at any time, has two to three interns. Uh, we've been blessed to establish relationships with local colleges. Uh, so it could be one could be a graphic design, another could be a marketing intern. Um, we've leveraged in that way. Some are free, some are you know twenty five fifty dollars a week, uh, and these kids are smart. These kids are smart. So he's got a good uh, revolving door of people adding to our systems and and assisting him there. Let's see. I guess that leaves me. I was like, who's who's left? <laughs> uh, I guess that's myself. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you for walking us down that list. Real fast, would you mind disclosing to us what the compensation is for your, say, your buyer agents or your listing agents? That's a question everybody asks. Sure, sure. Uh, so we started, you know, right off the bat back then, I started buyer's agents at 50-50. Now, leveraging my lead buyer specialist, who's essentially almost my, like my sales manager or trainer, Rick, when a new agent comes on, and we love new agents, because uh, we love training. We've got a great training uh, system and program, if you will. He gets a 5%, a little spit from us, from our broker fee, a uh, small one. And then he gets 5% of their production until certain metrics are hit. Um, so he gets additional compensation on that, on top of him producing at a very high level. All the other buyer's agents are 50-50. Uh, listing agents, uh, right or wrong, we just have our tier. If they bring in the business, they get 30%. If it's company-generated business, it's 25%, uh, and that's worked out well, uh, and it's a lot of company-generated business, uh, so the numbers work. You know, they do set appointments themselves and, and work their sphere, too, so they're compensated that way. Talked a little bit about our kind of junior agent showing partner uh, model, uh, where they get 20% of the buyer, buyer agent's uh, portion, and then the, you know, they get uh, referrals from having listing appointments, you know, on that. Uh, and they're not paid when they come on. You know, they've got to start out like any other agent. Uh, we actually don't pay uh, any small base or anything like that when they come in. believe that's all the, the producing agents and their compensation. Thank you for walking us through that. And so we've got a pretty good idea of your business model at this point. And the question people have is, are you profitable? I am. Uh, when I was in production, I was pretty... It was pretty in line, I'm told. Uh, I use a company, if I, I don't know if it's okay to throw this out there, I use a company called Streamline Business Solutions. I'll give them a shout out because they were a great asset for us. They run the books and they run the books for hundreds and hundreds of mag agents across the country. And they tied into you know common real estate models for telling you, hey, Luke, your profitability just dropped down 1%. You know, what are you doing differently? Let's weigh that out. Uh, when I was in, it was about 41, 42%. Right now, I Hover 25, 26%, uh, which I am I'm good with. When we first additionally hired for growth, you know, salaries went up and that dropped. I've never been, I think I hit 19% at that point and then worked it back up, uh, one by raising production and, and playing red light, green light constantly. Uh, but yeah, hover about 25, 26% right now. What drives you? Originally, it was, I, I've just always had that burning hunger and it was just, and I didn't have a college degree. It was, I'm going to make something of my life and had a lot of businesses in real estate. It was, I'm married to a woman who's very driven herself. Even if I had no drive, which I do, 
he'd whip me in shape. It starts off with, with family. And I think your, your, what drives you and your why changes or can change. Mine originally was my family and uh, really to, you know, to make something of myself. Fast forward, uh, now being more of a leadership role, if one of my agents or anyway, one of my admins is succeeding at their goals, we all succeed. Um, and you have to, as you grow to even where I'm at and before uh, and beyond for that matter, you need to keep growing and pushing and helping them. You know, some of my agents and then I've got top tier talent. These guys have big dreams, constantly pushing them and making my world bigger for them. Uh, some teams that would never allow a, an agent, like I talked about, have a team within a team. Well, what if they leave? Well, what if I don't bring them to this point and they stay? You know, I'm not looking for average. So uh, I'm fed. I'm driven by helping them succeed. I sit down weekly with them and have coaching calls. There's times where we even talk about the metrics, the real estate. That's always the goal. It's always tied to their why. I've got one guy. He's young, sharp. You know, he wants rental properties. Let's talk about that. How can we help you succeed? Man, I wake up excited to come in here and sometimes even just wrap my arms around and give them a hug, but help push them towards their dreams, which helps us all succeed. Well, Lucas, if you were going to advise a brand new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first? I get asked this, and everyone wants to turn on. I watch other agents. I've never done marketing with Zillow. Uh, everyone wants to just go pay for those leads. You know, I, I can only speak to my personal success and call, call who you know. Call your database. Don't have one? Create one. And just call them. Call them again. Get that drunk monkey off your head. These are people that know you and like you. Come from contribution. If you walk in and you're having a bad day and you just you don't feel like you can contribute, don't call or change that mindset real quick. But come from contribution and just call. Call that database. I mean, it, it's been powerful in us, you know, for our business and help us be more profitable, focusing on that rather than paying leads. And then add that stuff later. So, I mean, that's one piece. Everyone, you know, new agents, they hear database. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I challenge them, are you actually doing it? Are you actually working it? Are you calling them regular? Don't have a reason to call? Fine, create a reason for them to call. You know, all the reasons I told you started with something, you know, something free. Find a reason to call. And don't be shy for asking the business. Again, these, these are people that know you and like you. And that's my number one tip. Do you think the top agent interviews like the one we're doing now with Mastermind Agent are valuable? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at this, and, and thank you, Mike, for doing the service for agents out there. I mean, this gives a root. You know, there were, back when I started, there wasn't a lot of podcasts, things like that. I, I was hungry. You know, so as a new agent or a seasoned veteran, learning and hearing what other people are doing, be it Virginia, Kentucky, Miami, LA, wherever, you can pick up nuggets and, you know, challenge yourself or tweak something. Someone may hear something about my events or how we started our Spotlight and Ada videos and go take that and run with that. Man, I, I hope and pray they shave years off that. So thank you, Mike, for doing this. Well, Lucas, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? Stay hungry, my friends. Stay hungry and, and keep pushing yourself. Uh, it's the biggest thing, and everyone in my office hears this daily. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Discomfort equals growth. I mean, that's, that's probably my biggest saying and constantly repeat that around our office. And, and stay comfortable being uncomfortable. Discomfort equals growth. Keep pushing. Stay hungry.
Well, Lucas, you proved the concept of do good to do well. Your outreach to local businesses with spotlight videos has partnered you with your peers for mutual referrals and building relationships that benefit everyone, such as the sponsorship of large community events. Your past client events give you a reason to contact your sphere and ask for referrals in a friendly way. Your business model is based on relationships and strengthening those bonds. I see a bright future ahead. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent of the month. And join us next call when we talk to an agent who sold 231 homes last year and has over a thousand online reviews. Find out who he is on the next success call. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.